Hello, everyone. It's Jan Arden here. This is the Jan Arden Show and podcast. Caitlin Green joins us from Toronto. Adam Karsh joins us from Toronto. I'm in Springbank, Alberta. Um, lots going on today. Lots to talk about. Caitlin, right out of the bag, let's talk about the Grammys. They just happened uh, this past Sunday. Lots of snubs. Lots of overlooked people. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched for a while, and and I don't want to sound like the bitter old, you know, woman has been who's not relevant anymore. Um, but I'm going to say it right out of the box. A lot of the people I didn't know, but that's mm-hmm. my bad. I'm not 20. Um, so what what are your thoughts on it? There was there was a lot going on. Justin Bieber, <clears throat> excuse me, had a lot of nods. Yeah, and you know his night. I hope it turned out the way he wanted it to. He was empty-handed, so far as I know. I think. No. Yeah, I believe he was completely See? snubbed. I think so. I oh, Peaches his, didn't get it. His legions of fans will correct me <laughs> um, if I'm wrong, but I think he was empty-handed. I I really liked his performance with um, Daniel Caesar and Givian, which was kind of cool. He did a very long, unexpected piano intro, which some people didn't love on social, but I thought it was good. He always sounds good. Like you, you know, he's it, it, like his music. Don't like whatever. He's very talented. And, um, it was, so it was cool to hear him. The, the thing though, that I loved was his big giant suit on the red carpet. I <laughs> really laughed at your comment, Caitlin, cause mm-hmm. I'm always very curious to see what your in time responses are. So Justin came down the red carpet with his very beautiful wife who was in a very fitted, lovely gown. Justin had on what I can only liken as he was wearing Magic Johnson's suit, basically. (laughs) So it was huge. It would have been probably a men's 56 something. Mm -hmm. And uh, the sleeves just were hanging down. And then he had a toque on and Mm -hmm. some really cool kind of half aviator glasses. But Mm -hmm. there was a lot of really strange looks. Not that I'm a fashion expert at all, but anything goes. Yeah. The Grammys are different. It's like always to me, it's a bit of a red carpet flop. It's so hit and miss. Um, I think that, you know, a, like not every musician has a crazy talented stylist. It's funny though. He and Haley share the same stylist who actually makes the hats that he was wearing. Her name is Carla Welch. If you like that pink hat, you can buy it online. It's really not even that expensive, but yeah, the shoes he was wearing were like Balenciaga and everyone was like, look at his Herman Munster shoes. I was like, those are very expensive (laughs) Herman Munster shoes. But does something being expensive make it, you know, great? No, it's just funny. It's like you people, I think people look at it and would, I don't know, like if the, I didn't love the look of the suit. I thought it was comedically too big. I know that oversized is very in fashion, but this one was like a bit ridiculous. And next to Haley's outfit, I didn't think it like looked great together. And then the hilarious thing was she started getting all these pregnancy questions because somebody thought that she looked pregnant. I was like, she, it is incapable of her to look pregnant in a dress, a silk dress with the body fat percentage of a swimmer. I don't know where anyone is getting this. And then she commented on it and said, I'm not pregnant pregnant, leave me alone. And I was like, good. Can we just keep with the leave me alone on this? It's like a crummy thing to speculate on. It's super triggering for women and it's just dumb. So I just left. I thought that was good of her to at least say that because she doesn't usually comment on much. She seems like a a sweetheart, but I I don't know why we even have to say this. Don't ask a woman if she's pregnant. Don't ask a woman if she's expecting, even if she's seven months pregnant, don't ask her if just don't, don't say it because you just do not know what the scenario is. No, it's super personal. And you're about to get answers that you might not be ready for and you're going to feel like a jerk, which you kind of are. So (laughs) anyway, so yeah, I thought that that was funny. He was good. I love Chris Stapleton. He was to me. Chris Stapleton. Yeah. That's the one thing that I did see. Such a raw talent, country blues, the kind of music that you want to drink a cold beer 
have your feet up on a, on a wraparound porch mm-hmm. and li- look at the fireflies going by mm-hmm. and listen to that man's voice. Mm-hmm. If you have not heard of Chris Stapleton or if, you've, if you're curious about him, please go to one of your streamers today and sit down, have a cup of something and listen to this man. He's so he saved good. it for me. I yeah, think he was, I think he stood out above anything. I mean, like I said, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did see the clips. Like I'm one of those people, I go through the clips the next day. I was going through speeches. I was going through some of the choreography numbers. Chris Stapleton made me stop in my tracks and I watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And a, a real pleasure on social was watching a bunch of people who were unfamiliar with him, see him for the first time on the Grammys and then react and I thought that was great. He was, I think he was social media's almost, it seemed like he was their fa- fan favorite of the night mm-hmm. on, uh, on Twitter. He was great. Talent is talent. Yeah, Talent exactly. is talent. It rises, it rises above all the noise. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, this is my prediction. A lot of the people that you saw going down that red carpet, you're not going to see three years from now. Mm-hmm. I think when you're dealing with, I, heard, I read a statistic like yesterday. Um, actually, it wasn't yesterday. It was at the Ed Sheeran thing, which we're going to talk about. And Ed is Ed um, mentioned that there is up to like forty, fifty, sometimes sixty thousand songs a day released on streamers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, a lot of these people that have this runaway hit that becomes the summer favorite or the you know the 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 Macarena of the day, let's call it, <laughs> that we all kind of get sick of, and then and then what? Yeah, and you don't really hear from them again. And it's, I mean, this year was one of the few years too, I think, where Best New Artist will actually have some longevity because yes. it went to Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. She seems surprised. She did seem surprised. She's, yeah. uh, she reminds me a little bit of Taylor Swift, just like that songwriting talent for writing really catchy stuff and memorable mm-hmm. lyrics. And she was presented, her award was presented to her by Dua Lipa and Megan Thee Stallion. And they both have, they were previous winners of the Best New Artist Grammy Award. And sometimes they get that wrong. And I was like, oh no, these are three women on stage together who I think are actually yeah. going to be around in the industry for a while. So they did get that part right. I think comments that my friends were kind of making is that they missed the heavy hitter kind of legacy icon uh, artists in a mm-hmm. show like this. I mean, I just remember watching the Grammys. And of course that was back, you know, the 90s, maybe 80s even, Bonnie Raitt and... Billy Joel and Elton John and just big singer songwriters, people that are still around today, whether it was Tina Turner, but we didn't see any of those kind of faces. We didn't, we didn't see any of that. It was a very young Grammy awards for in terms. Yeah. I mean, in terms of performances, for sure. Bonnie Ray did. I, I liked her on stage with Joni Mitchell. I thought that was cool. That was cool. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people were touched to see Joni Mitchell after all of her struggles, health struggles. So that was nice, but yeah, it is young. I, the red carpet baffles me. I don't know who anyone is. There's like people all just like giving each other tongue baths and then I have to Google <laughs> who they are and they're like, Oh, they have like 20 million followers on TikTok, And then I, I feel know. ancient. Um, but it was good. I, I thought, especially following the snafu at the Oscars with Chris Rock and Will Smith. I was just kind of here for a chill <laughs> vibe at refreshing. the Grammys. Yeah, it was like, okay, can we just, we have a lot of serious stuff that warrants attention and time in the real world right now that when you come to entertainment and then you're, you have it become problematic and tense again, that was just such an annoying part of the Oscars to me. And so I just, I was happy that it didn't happen at, um, at the, at the Grammys. And I thought Trevor Noah did a really good job hosting. Mm -hmm. Do you think, uh, award shows are coming to the end of their road? What, what, what's their... What's the timeline on these things? I feel mm. like people are feeling like 
wow, we're so sick of the self-important egomaniac celebrating vapid behavior. And I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. Like, <laughs> That is the criticism. That was how I felt after the whole thing that happened at the Oscars. I was like, can we just toilet flush this whole thing? That's what I'm kind of referring to and, yeah. and celebrating things that matter. Or are we are just a vacuous culture that we just want fluff? We just, we want the stars of the day. Uh, I just, I wonder what the future of award shows are. And for a while there, it seemed like they were making up award shows just for a reason to gather celebrities, Mm -hmm. have a red carpet. The red carpet often usurps the the awards themselves. I think people are tuning in for those shows and sometimes the ratings are higher. Mm -hmm. By the time the awards come, people are like, I've seen my favorite person. I know what they're wearing. I don't give a crap who wins. Yeah. I I find that I like all, like kind of like all of it. Like I, I like the real stories. I like regular news stories. I like the intense stuff and I want to stay informed on important things, but every once in a while I need a break. And that's why I do like the awards shows. That's why I like entertainment. That's why I like even reality TV. That's why I like music. So I'll keep the big three. Like I only really, well, I mean, Golden Globes, we'll see how the Hollywood foreign press deals with all their criticisms. But previously it was like Oscars, Golden Globes, Emmys, Grammys. And then there were all these other ones. And I would sort of know enough about them, but I didn't care. But I would keep it to those ones um, every year. And I hope they can keep them fun. They just became so unnecessarily heavy, which is just like not what I'm coming to the award shows for. I think not that you can't talk about important issues ever, especially if your movies deal with them or your television show deals with it. I just like, why is everyone like bumming the viewer out right now? I mean, as well, I there, think of there, like, there's, yeah, there's no, there's no doubt their stock goes up. Yeah. Like I, I just, I'm like, it's, I don't know. John Oliver is another guy who I love and he just, he handles difficult topics with humor. And I think that that's a nice way to balance things out. And that's why the hosts are always so important too. get some funny hosts Keep it moving. Don't let it drag on for so long. They're really long. I mean, when you factor in the red carpet, they they drag. Well, all I know is it's that you really do have people that go on to sell hundreds of thousands. Their streaming goes up. Their sales go up. Uh, even the the um, Oscars this past couple of weeks, uh, Chris Rock, uh, his sales of his comedy tour went up by two hundred and sixty percent or something loony like that. Um, you know, and they're, but they are talking about, I did read something about Netflix pulling some Will Smith projects. Now, am I, uh, are you nodding, Adam? You guys I are nodding. Tell, yeah. tell me a little bit about that as we just go to the next break here. I just know that some things were paused. So a variety of projects paused. he was working on were paused. And everyone has to remember that's not necessarily going to stay that way, but you have to think, is he insurable right now? Is he insurable on a production level? Because if something happens on set and everyone's like, well, you guys knew full well based on his behavior, seeming really unhinged and that he's prone to these outbursts and maybe assault, whatever, and you still had him on set, you have to think about like the legal liability for all these studios. So Absolutely. right now- Absolutely. It's, a, it's not, a big deal. It is. So if he's not insurable, he won't work right now, but it's not to say forever. You you cannot worry about someone being unpredictable. It's as simple as that. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. I'm here with Caitlin and Adam. Lots to talk about today. Bachelorette parties, bachelor parties. Do we need them? Should we be doing them? We'll be right back. Jen Arden here, Jen Arden Podcast and Show, Caitlin and Adam. And the age-old question about bachelorette parties and bachelor parties and are they, like, are they something people should be continuing to doing? Like, is it, is it, ethical or moral to have a 
like a stripper show up for a bunch of girls in a house that, you know, you're doing Tupperware and, and, <laughs> and crudités and having a glass of rosé. And then a guy, ding dong, literally, uh, <laughs> hits the doorbell, comes in and, you know, does a little routine for the, for the bride, the blushing bride to be. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think if I may give <laughs> oh, my experience, please do. I was among the uh, one of the first of my friends to get married. So a- as bachelor parties started, they were insane. I mean, you name it, I can't even talk about it, but it, okay. it happened. And it's funny because as more of my friends got married and we got older, the last time I went to a bachelor party, it was like eight guys in a cottage chilling, drinking beer. We had a campfire and it was very low key. And that was perfect. I would go to that party. I would go to that party. It was great. Yeah, I sure as hell don't want to see a stripper coming into somebody's house or in a bar. Or, um, I, I just I'm uncomfortable with the whole premise. Not only does it objectify the person that's being paid to come and do those jobs, it, it's bothersome to me. I know that they're in control of their pocketbook and they're getting that money and they're doing it. I would like to think willingly, unless they're giving ninety percent of it to an agency. Like I don't know, but I that's never been my my deal. The at-home performances, to me, I regard as sketchy. Yeah. Um, the at a big establishment, I'm. I think it's fine usually. I mean, I know sketchy stuff can still go on there too. It just depends on where you are. But like the big ones, like there are huge ones in Vegas that it's like Cirque du Soleil, but people are topless. So I'm like, <laughs> there's some skilled acrobatics going on. There's like a club vibe. They have a great menu. Like so, there's parts of it where I'm like, okay, so this is like a little bit more <laughs> a great menu. You. I mean. <laughs> They sometimes do. So I I mean, there is like a culture around it. So yeah, some establishments better than others. And some, you're going to see some really impressive acrobatics. And yeah, but a couple people showing up to your house with like a bouncer and a boombox. I think that almost anything can and does happen with those particular invited individuals. What did you do? What did you do? What, what did um, Kyle do? I went to Montreal with a group of girlfriends and we did go to a strip club and it was like a full (laughs) magic mic show and I highly recommend it. It was great. But again, like you're like watching a stage show and then you leave and you have like bottle service and it's a whole thing. Um, My husband went to Collingwood for his bachelor party with a group of friends and they had a big, they like rented like a big, huge party house. It had a huge pool, pool house. They were playing like lawn sports, going swimming. Then they went into like Blue Mountain Village, went to clubs. They had a bus that took them Love there. That. The bus had a stripper pole in oh. it, but there was no, there were no women. So it was like the guys were like, it was just the pole. Dancing on. It's just the pole. I mean, you can tell what they were. It, they, it was a multi purpose um, vehicle. Let me ask you this so. some people <laughs> are calling it outright cheating. What do you say to that? I, I mean, unless you have, like, again, unless a, a, a wiener mistakenly grazes your behind. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It doesn't bug. I don't know. It doesn't really, but it doesn't put a bee in my bonnet that much, to be honest with you. I don't really think about it that much. I mean, again, look at if you have someone come to your house and you cheat with the paid help, then yeah, you are cheating. That's right. still t- that's that's cheating. That's- um, if you are just like, if it's a funny show and there's some nudity and like, I don't really care about it, to, to be honest. It's not my, it's not my favorite way to spend time. Um, I think Adam, you, your point is well made. The older you get, the less it happens for sure. Yeah. Because people we are didn't- just like, yeah. We didn't want any part of that. I mean, as but to be just what you were saying, as debaucherous as my stag was, it mm-hmm. was totally above board. Like nothing yeah. happened. Absolutely mm-hmm. it was clean, you know? Like what did what did yeah. David Foster do when he got married? 
the fifth time. <laughs> I was going to say, which time? Yeah. Well, what did he do? Maybe it was different from the first time. Okay, I'll ask you this. Is cheating, is it cheating when you're, okay, you're a single person. You're me. Try, mm. try and step okay. into my shoes just for a second. <laughs> oh, you okay, tell you're us. me. And, okay, and you're, you're dating two people at once. You have mm-hmm. not said to the person, we are exclusive. Um, but is it, is it, like if you're going out with this person and, you know, you're making out and then on the Wednesday night you're going out with that person and you're doing it and making out, are you just like a woman of the world? What, <laughs> what is it, cheating? That's a dating question, I guess. People I, are very divided. People are very divided on this, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sparked some debate. What do you think, Adam? I mean, like, are you a couple weeks in and are you casual? And if you haven't given any labels, I mean, if you're six months in and you're seeing multiple people, maybe. But I mean, if you're just starting out and it's really casual and you haven't defined terms, I mean, I don't know if that's really cheating. Mm-hmm. Some people would say six months in is just getting going. Yeah. Some people, like, I don't know. It's so different for everybody, especially if in that six months you've gone on a date twice a week, like, mm-hmm. and that would be a lot. So, you know, do the math. That's it's eight like- times a month. It feels like it's relative to your level of like intimacy, you know? I mean, how many sleepovers are you having? And have you met a bunch of people in their life? And have they met a bunch of people in your life? And do you have like, it's, I'm sure there's a Seinfeld clip for this, but it's like, do you have a confirmed plan every weekend? You know, if those things are happening, yeah, you might want to have a conversation about being exclusive. You're going to have to have that tough conversation at some point, even yeah, if you don't you want will. to. That's like, are we exclusively dating? If we're not... And we haven't had that conversation, then you're free to do whatever the heck you want. What would you think, Jan? You're single. If you were dating someone and they were, you found out they're dating someone else. I, I wouldn't like it. I, I wouldn't mm. like it at all. And I think I would be out. That's just me. I don't, I just don't, that's not my deal. Here's a, an interesting stat for you. 37% of people in their twenties and thirties. So almost 40, let's round it up. Think it's definitely cheating, mm. but only 18%, let's round it up to 20 of people over 65 think that. So maybe it's an age thing, which I would think it would be the other way around. I would think that the younger people, because that's not cheating, it's free, it's easy. They snap their gum, they take a hit of their vape and everything's fine. I'm painting a lovely picture. And the older people who are having, you know, uh, a creamy Earl Grey and sitting (laughs) reading Outlander are thinking, I don't care who he bonks. I really don't. Yeah. Because I don't want anything steady. And quite frankly, <laughs> my bladder can't take it. So, <laughs> yeah. It's also like, it's the older you get, I think you have more perspective on things and you look back on Isn't stuff that, that interesting? got. interesting? Yeah. It gets you all worked up when you're younger. And now you're like, man, nah, I don't really care. <laughs> like, I didn't bring it up. I didn't want to talk about it or get into it. So maybe it's half on me. And now we should talk about it and see what we think. Well, then we talk about, you know, long term care where it's the biggest you know, the most sexually transmitted diseases in the country is right there, folks. So as you get older, things really shift. I think you become easy breezy. Yeah. You just don't have enough space in your brain to care about things. Okay. How many minutes we got left in this segment, Adam? You have two minutes. Okay, we got two. This is enough to start on this question. Okay. Um, Are you guys friends with exes? And I know we've touched on this because we are in season one, episode 1007, but (laughs) like... Like exes, I are you friendly with them? Paulina Portsakova, it was talking about. She was that beautiful model, and um, 
she went out with Aaron Sorkin, who was a very, very famous Hollywood, very successful writer, probably a very complicated fellow, but they're great friends, but she's mm. not great friends with her other exes. Yeah. I'm only friends with one. So I only have one and that's, that's pretty much, that's it. And then everybody else now just didn't, and it wasn't like a conscious decision. I wasn't like, I hate this person. I'm never talking to them again. We just like, I was like, nah, I don't Are you friends? Know. Are you friendly yeah. or friends? You're friends. No, friends. Yeah. And, totally and friends. K- Kyle is aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Takes a little getting used to probably, but it's like, I don't know. It felt more normal than not. It felt like it was a, a more normal experience to stay friends in some way than to be like, oh, so there I'm was a friendship there. Again. Yeah, for sure. Who was talking? Oh, Sean Mendes talked about this recently and I oh, thought he made a good point. Go. He was saying that the hardest part of his breakup with Camila Cabello was the, losing the friendship because he's like, this was, you know, romance aside, this was the person you called and asked for advice and you told them when things yeah. happened in your life and, and you cared about them. So you want to be able to check in and when you can't do that, it's Well, he shouldn't sad. have gotten nude with her then. He should have thought that through. <laughs> Adam? Oh, I was going to say... Um, well, you, you got 40 seconds. Right. Um, friends, not really friends, but good terms, Sure. Uh, I I don't have there's no like bad blood or anything with any of my exes and I really don't have that many exes so it's oh, I've like- got I've got terrible like crash and burn things um, about half and half I'd say and I think I've had you know I'm just gonna throw this out here one two three I've probably had eight serious relationships in my life yeah half of them I'm okay I, I could certainly go down the street and run into somebody but the other uh, quite vol- volatile, probably I should get some counseling and close a door and open a window, as they say. But mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, you're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. Woe is me. We'll be right back. Boy, did we ever talk about great stuff on that break. Oh, none, that of which you will, none of which <laughs> we'll ever hear. It does bode well, though, as we were saying, if you do have a good relationship with your exes, it says a lot about the person you spent time with that they it was meaningful and that you were able to solve problems and not hold grudges. And so I know I still have a lot of personal work to do on my side of the fence because I'm going, well, there's two people in this relationship and why can't I pick up a phone and go, look, you know what? I'd, I'd really just like to have peace and wish you well. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just not quite there. And yeah. then I have the other ones that I am friendly with. Uh, and like, not let's go to the movies or anything like that, but certainly, uh, a yearly conversation of how are you, how are your kids? How's your, how's that going? And how old are they now? And you know, those, all that time that goes by that you're like, Oh my God, you've got a 14 year old and an eight year old. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it, it really depends on the person, obviously, and and sort of how things all went down and then where you are in your life afterwards. Like if you're fully resolved on everything and you're like, this is no mystery. Like we are not romantically interested in each other. We're not in love. We're not staying together. Like this is just easy. I don't think that's a problem. So like those things, I, I feel like once it's that cut and dry, I don't know. I don't have an issue with, I don't really have an issue with staying friends. Then there are just people who are weirdos and you can't stay friends mm-hmm. with them anyways. You don't even have to have dated them. I'm like, I can think back on like people where I'm like, oh, I just was friends with you and now I don't want to be friends yeah. with you anymore because you're weird. Yeah. So those things happen too. It doesn't have to just be dating or not. A weird thing happened though to me, speaking of weird, I, cause I'm on Instagram a lot and I had posted something and I received a bunch of DMs um, about this thing that I had posted. And one person who was messaging me, said um, something they referenced like the area that I grew up in in Toronto and and they were from there too 
And I hadn't even looked and I'd had other exchanges with this person. I just, it was like, there's so many DMs. So I was like, I hadn't even seen who it was. The blue dots, the blue dots. Like, I was like, I don't know who this is. I'm just like writing like, lol, like double tap, moving on. And I realized it was my high school ex-boyfriend's mom. Oh. (laughs) I didn't even know. I looked at the name and I was like, this is weird. It's very difficult to, to, it's difficult to, well, it's, it's getting smaller because you can look up anybody that you dated, whether it's the fourth grade or, you know, two months ago, you can see what they're doing. Most people have socials. Very few people that I know mm-hmm. don't have any socials at all. In fact, I really can't name one sitting here in front of you right now. I can't yeah. name any of my friends that either don't do Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or something. They have yeah. something. Um, you know, it's it's always, you can always find somebody you're looking for. So it's increasingly hard to break up. Back in the day, you broke up. You never saw them unless you ran into them at the wool call. Right. And, um, you know, then you kind of tried to hide among the men's pants to just get, you know, you didn't want to see them. You didn't want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And now you click a button, you see new pictures. Oh, my God, they look great or they look terrible. You want them to look bad. <laughs> I think an, you do want them to look bad or you want yours to at least look good. Right. <laughs> but I do think it's – I would think it was weird, actually, if an ex that you had not stayed friends with – randomly reached out on social. Like if you get like a random DM from someone who you haven't talked to in years, who wants to catch up and stuff that I wouldn't like I, that I have no time for. I think the only person who I stayed in touch with, we just stayed in, we, we like didn't speak for a period of months just cause it was like, let's have a cooling off period. And then we, we got back in touch and it was more just like platonic. How's your family? What's going on? And so that felt a little more natural, but yeah, I, I feel like I was weirded out even to see that this was like someone I date his mom. And I was like, I don't ever want to hear from you. Well, obviously so, she's followed depends. your career. She's followed your career and kind of kept an eye on out for you and probably really liked you. You're a very likable person. So See, I don't think that's the case, which is okay, why what, I thought it was tell, funny. Tell, me, tell me what your thought is then. <laughs> I just was like, I wasn't great and I wasn't like the best in high school. So I feel like and we didn't have the best time. So I was like, mm, I don't know. This was probably like a very up and down thing. But she took the time to send you a message. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, things change and like you get older. But it's like, that's the thing, Jan, like you're, you're a public figure and on a much teeny tiny minuscule scale, I I mean, I work in local radio, so there's a chance that someone just listens and I'm like, I don't know. It's it, but it's a such, it's such a small world and it's a really small city. Like as big as Toronto is, it's, it's actually quite small. You end up running into the same people. Yeah. Oh, for again. sure. Yeah. It, it, when you realize how small your circle is, um, things get out there very quickly. Bad news and good news travels mm-hmm. fast. Um, yeah. I don't know, you know, when I think about relationships, I, I I have to say it's not easy to reconcile the mistakes that I've made going through my life. Not not as a young person or in the or certainly at the point that I'm at now. And believe me, I ask myself all the time, why am I single? Why do I have no interest in no interest in putting myself out there? People are like, I wish she would just shut up about that. She says that every show. But I but I do, I lie in bed sometimes and I'm thinking, why are you making these kinds of decisions for yourself? And what, what is it? Is it my sobriety? Is it, is it my age? Is it menopause? Is it, what is it? Like, I'm just at this place where do I, am I going to spend the rest of my life on my own? Is that a choice I'm making? Then I'm thinking, well, I'm relatively young. Mm-hmm. It's not like life is over. I've got, no. I've got things to do, I'll tell you right now. 
I'm going to go out and put these flowers in a pot and see <laughs> what, but I, it's so funny. You just, you start really overthinking it. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think it's overthinking. I think you're just thinking about it. Cause it's like, it's your life. What else are you going to think about? So yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like though, when I look back, like when you're younger, dating is just more a part of your regular life. It's like your peer group is doing it. Casual dating is just, it's a, it's a chunk of your life that exists. And then the older you get, the less that, like the more that that changes really. Yeah. And if I honestly look back, I'm like, I don't, until I like was, you know, together with my now husband, I wasn't really in love with anyone I dated ever. I well, mean, and, 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 and no, I accidentally you be? said that, but <laughs> I wasn't. So I'm like, yeah. I just don't. Don't, it's like if you know if you're not like I just think about it. You reach a certain age and you're like, well, okay, I'm not going to fall in love with lots of people in life. Probably that's a pretty rare, nice thing. It just doesn't work that way. Well, it doesn't work that way. It is a rare thing. It's a rare thing. It's all the stars mm-hmm. have to align. The mm-hmm. biology, the the intellect. I think I think your spiritual beliefs weigh into things. I mean, you do want to find somebody. Um, you want to find somebody that you can. Do live your life. How can I put this? Someone to be alone together with. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. And I mean that in the best possible way that you have that intimacy that you could do anything with that person in the other corner of the room. You don't have to scurry off and do what you're doing alone. That person mm-hmm. could be standing right there with you. Honey, I got to pee in the tree. You might want to turn away, but, <laughs> but just yeah. that feeling of absolute, I've got your back. Uh-huh. And yeah. I have definitely experienced that. I've definitely experienced that. Like I've experienced it and like several times, but you're right. It is rare that falling in love is rare. And when you break up with people and then, you know, you're single for a while, the need for that connection comes from other places, whether it's from your career or from friendships or from family, whatever that looks like your pets. And then as you fill that in, because you're a more well-rounded person when you get older, the relationship just becomes less and less of this like all-consuming thing. So I can see it. I mean, but who knows? You never know when you're going to meet someone. No, you Think don't. And I'm, I'm absolutely sexually active that. retirement home people. <laughs> this is what I have to look forward to. I think when I hit 81, holy moly, I'm going to be buying condoms by the boatload. No, I'm just kidding. Um, quick question before we go to break. If you guys were just single, just this is hy- completely hypothetical, would you be leery of dating in this atmosphere, in this geography? Like if you were just had to hit the road tomorrow, I'm going to go dating. Would it be scary? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. think I'd like it. It's a weird okay. time. It. It's a weird, weird time. Okay. So I'm not the yeah. only one that feels that. No, it's yeah. weird. I'm glad. Like I with mean, the apps and the blah, 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 blah. I don't even get it. And I no. couldn't do it. And okay. Thank you. Because if no. you guys would have went, oh, I think it would be super fun. And then I was just going to say goodbye. And I think it's terrifying. It is. People and I like look you up. I like feeling, you know, you like feeling wanted, especially in the early stages of a relationship. That's a big deal. And now with everyone being able to pick somebody else with a swipe, I'm like, I don't know. Like, is this even making me feel special? Because that's what I like. I wouldn't even know how to do it. Like, I wouldn't even know how to go about it. Mm. Well, I know for sure that I don't have like a look. People are like, oh, do you like dark hair, light hair? I'm like, I don't know. I've never even thought about that. Mm -hmm. So I think when the apps... And I've never even been on one except for Raya for like a hot 10 seconds. But when you're flipping through and looking at someone's photograph, uh, my friends who have been on these apps say, oh, my God, Jan, they never look like their pictures. Very no, rarely. Right. No. Um, my, you know, 
just very rarely look like their pictures. So you're basing it on, is it one image that you get to go by? So you pick one image and flip it. I want to hear about you on Rhea coming up after the break. Okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> so Jan Arden podcast here, here with Caitlin, Adam, um, my friend, Danny Kind, and I went out for dinner. She took me to a great little place on Queen Street. It was some little vegetarian place that was really lovely. And I know now looking back, she had an agenda. She's mm -hmm. like, I want you to sign up for Raya. She mm -hmm. had signed up for it. She was waiting to be accepted. Danny Kind is on Working Moms. She's on Winona Herb. She's done films. She's been, she's a very successful actor. Anyway, so she was waiting to hear back whether she was going to be accepted at Raya because it is basically public people. Um, I'll go so far as to say celebrity people, I guess. And you have to have a certain amount of followers. You have to have a social media presence. You have to have the blue check marks, you have to have all this stuff in order to even apply at Raya, mm. R-A-Y-A. -A. Um, so she, the, the filling out of the form was arduous. And I'm going to tell you right now, I was so reluctant. It took us an hour to do it. And it is a very detailed questionnaire. Anyway, fast forward, I'd forgotten about it. Uh, it was four, five, six months, I'm going to say, you've been accepted at Raya. Mm. And okay. we've got some matches. I, I was just, my heart just pounded. I was like, I don't want to do this. I, I don't want to do this. And I'd, I'd been very vague about age and I've been very vague about, you know, I put men and women. I, I was, I just sort of put it out there. I tried to be, Danny's like, be honest about your answers. You know, you don't drink, you're blah, 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 you're vegan, la, la, you want to put all this stuff out. You don't want to, you know, have someone invite you out for a steak and a bottle of Cabernet. It's just not, <laughs> you want to sort of, so I'll tell you right now, and this is the honest to God truth. They sent me six people. We have matches for you that we think you would like. You're not even going to believe what I'm about to tell you right now. <laughs> Leslie Feist. No. So Feist. Yeah. I, I don't know if I should be saying this, but Leslie already knows this because I told her. Okay. Chelsea Handler. Mm -hmm. Okay. Drew Barrymore. Not really? kidding you. Yeah. Oh I, 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 I'm not kidding you. Um, the guy that played the sheriff from Stranger Things. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. He's lost a lot of weight now, and he's, I think he's in a really happy relationship. You yeah, know, I, I think, think so he too. found somebody. Uh, a, a, a Spanish, a very young, 30-something-year-old Spanish businessman mm -hmm. that lived mostly like in Madrid and uh, New York. I'm thinking, well, I get, obviously there's no circle of, how far away do you want this person to be? Like 4,800 miles? And then there was one other person. I immediately deleted the app. Oh, wow. Because you were just like, this isn't for me. It's, it, it scared me so much that I just thought, oh, my God, am I showing up on their list? Like, what have I done? And I, I told Danny, I said, I'm just off of here. And that, it to me, it seemed so outlandish, so completely Looney Tunes. Maybe people have success on there, but my little quiet country life here, I'm like, if those are the people after me filling out an hour of this application of how my life is, and these are the names, then you, your algorithm has more issues than Vogue magazine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder now if, um, if David Harbour, who plays the sheriff on Stranger Things, met Lily Allen, who he's currently married to, the, mm -hmm. the singer. I wonder if they met on Raya. I'll, I'll put money on it. 
Oh my gosh, that would be a great little inside scoop for Demois if it was true. But well, I mean, it seems hard. Like I have friends who are on dating apps and it does genuinely seem hard. They don't always love the matches that they have. And it's a lot of time and, so, and sometimes money um, that you put into that dating experience because you have to go out a lot, which is expensive. And for women, I think many Out times, a lot in Madrid, which is really expensive. It's a very expensive yeah. flight. <laughs> so, and you know, and then you're like trying to look nice every time, might get a new outfit, get your hair done, makeup, whatever. It's just, it's a lot of time and energy. I think I would run out of, I think I would run out of fuel for it. My poor friends who are single though, sometimes I'll scroll through their app selection, like what they have to choose from. And it's bleak. Like it's rough stuff at times out there. You're better off just joining. Like I have a girlfriend who's single and you know, she previously was a member at a tennis club. And like, Mm -hmm. I think that's the best place you're going to probably meet someone. They say the library. Oh really? Yeah. I read the library is a great place to go. Maybe. Aren't you not supposed to talk? (laughs) (laughs) I think you just talk very quietly, which is maybe why it's appealing. Hi, what are you reading? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I see you just picked up uh, the new Martha Stewart. No, it's very intimate uh, right away. <laughs> baking. What do you like to bake? What are you baking now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. And then do they ask you, so on the, on, they ask you like what you're looking for, I assume, on Raya, kind yeah, of. Yeah. Do I they mean, ask you like detailed I, questions on your type? Yes. Okay. You know, I feel, I, it was an hour. We laughed a lot, but I did not do stupid answers. Like mm-hmm. Danny Kind held me to task. Mm-hmm. I didn't, mm. I didn't put, I didn't lie and I didn't put down things. I just didn't, you know, how many relationships have you had, you know, serious relationships, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was a lot of stuff. Um, I don't remember there being a lot of like sexually descriptive. I don't think there was anything like that. I, mm. I, I, the only ones it was just like, are you open to age or what, you know, what, what sex are you looking for? Blah, blah, blah. Um, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like that. It was very professional and I don't know how they make their money. I don't know who pays what. Oh yeah. Cause I was just going to say you didn't have to pay to join. Well, no, but there was a thing when, on the quick moment that I looked at the app, uh, that asked you to buy, um, these certain passes that enabled you to speak to people and you could get like bundles of five or 10. Sorry oh. if I'm giving up all your secrets, Rhea. <laughs> but that uh, I just looked at it. You could get something for like a couple hundred bucks. And then, so I think if you've got all these members that are buying these passes that enable you to unlock right. chats or something, I think that's kind of, I, I'm completely getting it wrong. Rhea will never sponsor our show. <laughs> Can we get Drew they Barrymore on the show? They should, yeah. they should do like a matchmaking. Matchmake Jan with Drew Barrymore, please. <laughs> I like Drew Barrymore. Oh, it was, I love it, her. <laughs> I was so gobsmacked at the choices and not that these are unattractive, unsuccessful people, quite the contrary, but I just thought I am at the other end of the pool. I'm sorry. This, this isn't even near, this isn't even close to what I would envision for myself in a gajillion years. And like I said, they're successful and beautiful and talented people. 
Yeah, but you were like, this isn't what's going to, this isn't no. going to be what connects me with someone no. else. I mean, no. I think you do notice that. I noticed you like it flattens everything, you know, and you're just supposed to be judged based on, you know, a small handful of photos. And like you said, everyone picks the best ones or sometimes they don't, which is even more baffling to me. Like sometimes they're just like God awful photos up there, like not good lighting. They're just wearing a tracksuit. I'm like, why'd you even put this up? And, and then it flattens like those, like those few basic questions and everyone tries to write the same thing and hold a dog in your photo and it's just I mean I think there's a homogenization of the dating experience that happens on these apps naturally I think they do try to do they they make an effort to try to have one app stand out from the other but it's unavoidable it's just not the same as having a real life interaction with someone you just you don't know chemistry until you're sitting down with somebody and you're picking up on their whole vibe I always like the surprise attraction Mm -hmm. when you've met them three or four or five times and something clicks in the pit of your stomach you're like, do I like this person? It's a wonderful kind of exploration of exactly that, the, the chemistry between a person, you know, finding, getting to know their personality a little bit. Um, I mean, we could talk about this all day, but I, I do, I, I'm not a, I'm not jaded. I'm not an unbeliever, disbeliever. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> what's the word? Non-believer? She's smart. She's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a cynic. I don't think you're cynical. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I wanted to get to an Ed Sheeran song. We'll have to wait for another time because Next week. Ed Ooh. Sheeran got sued. But you know, we had a little clip and everything. But we got talking about dating. Uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe. Hit the subscribe. We'll just pop up in your inbox, and you won't even have to go looking for us. Uh, you can write to us at Jan, at Jan Arden Pod on Twitter and just let us know your thoughts. And um, we just really appreciate you listening. So go send us. Just give us some love. Give us some stars and send us a, a, a review. We love you. For Caitlin Green, Adam Karsh, I'm Jen Arden. Toodly do. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.